You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 572. Five years later, part 17, SEAL Team Subs. Welcome to episode 572 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am homecoming lad. Well, really, we have his more homecoming lad yesterday, but it's homecoming weekend here at uh, here in Guelph, and uh, and more more specifically at uh, both Jan and my alma mater, um, the University of Guelph, and uh, we we got to see our team beat the other guys and have good food and uh and and there was beer there too so it was a uh a, an outstanding football day more importantly we had one kid at cub camp and one kid at the in-laws so it was uh it was a a, a quieter weekend uh as a result so cool yeah that's me the kid got to go to jurassic park camp i mean how cool Ooh. is that so yeah, yeah. She, it's like the biggest camp, um, cub camp event she's been to. It's you know, it's like twelve hundred kids. So, uh, so you know, she's she's went she went down to sleep pretty quickly tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, sir. Hi, everybody. Remember me? Yay! <laughs> I'm Darren Owell, and tonight I'm all boxed up, and I've got a place to go, kid, because yeah. I'm moving in four days. Woohoo! Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm back. I had the surgery. Everything's fine. Everything looks okay. So awesome! That is so awesome. Good, buddy, for for uh, the good thoughts and everything. Much appreciated. <laughs> I got electrocuted, so I might have lightning lad powers now. I'm not sure. But oh, I'm, oh, I'm, but I'm wait, nice. wait, but this is after the operation, so maybe they're protean powers. Well, hmm. it could be. <laughs> I, I could shape change into Matt Kramer at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what I could do? Excellent, <laughs> marvelous. Yeah, I, am, I am tired because I've had to do a lot this weekend. Yeah, <sighs> I hear right. you. So over to you, sir. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Ellisor, and for once, I have a dual identity. <gasps> First up, I am unexpected promotion lad. Hey, uh, I was Yay. offered to start training on a new position uh, starting this week, and at first, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then the boss was like, oh, and that will include a pay rate increase. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. That's better. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> Even cooler. <laughs> and on the uh, different end of the spectrum, I am also um, gas station tacos lad. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, my. I, I made a poor choice. Oh. Uh, I was doing a little little drive-in on Saturday and uh, stopped at a gas station. And I was like, oh, they got tacos here. They, they smell good. <laughs> yeah, well, a couple hours later, uh oh no. It was no, real real bad, real bad. No. <laughs> Is Guy Fieri there? <laughs> no, but I, I I wish I had someone to blame. Oh. <laughs> he not eat anywhere, so you know, if he doesn't eat there, I don't go there. <laughs> so, uh yeah. Has Guy Fieri ever been here? No. Awesome. <laughs> I'm out to go. <laughs> anyway, uh that's me. Over to you, Jim. Hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and this week I am under the weather kid. 
Uh, no. Weather change has got me beaten up pretty bad. Got a bit of a head cold. Don't you start. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will soldier on as best I can, but uh, I'm not feeling great. Hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. Fortunately, I got tomorrow off from work, so I'll have time to recover. Well, there you awesome. go. That's oh, excellent. Stop checking the weather here for the week. Just stop. Well, it's, be- it's been beautiful all weekend. I oh, it's no going to change on Saturday. It's going from 92 to 83. There you go. Oh, there we go. Ooh, Tuesday will be 79. Sweet. Finally fall. Thank God. <laughs> Pull out your jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know it. Inundated with tourists. You better unpack the sweaters before <laughs> that 79 hits. Dang, it's cool. <laughs> Good grief. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're Michael's on a mission, uh, currently on a mission in deep space. Um, we may or may not, uh, uh, he may or may not uh, warp back in uh, before um, the end of the show, but uh, uh, he has, um, he has furnished us with, uh, with his notes. So um, if he's not here, his notes will be, damn it. All right. Um, hmm, I don't know if there was a, uh, Ah, okay. So, um, anyway, so uh, Legion news-wise, there's there's nothing new Legion-wise, um, but there is a crisis coming. When is there not? What again? Well, <laughs> of course, the TV one. Um, oh, right. Yes. All that news has been freaking awesome, and I don't even watch the shows. Yeah, right? right. And and uh, and oh, so... I'm watching this. I'm watching this crossover. I, I'm actually thinking about also everywhere. watching it. Yeah. Yeah, so oh. they will have, and I'm not sure, I'm not, I, I, there's no casting attached to it yet, but uh, we will see Ryan Choi as the new Adam. Woohoo! Um... I wonder if he'll, you know, shrink or be mainly uh, Iron Man. Uh, but that <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> um, more money than TV budgets allow. Yes, there you go. Um, uh, Ashley Scott will uh, will be uh, has been cast as as the Huntress. Uh, of yeah, course, she was in Birds of Prey. That's yeah. it. She was in the yeah. 2002 Birds of Prey series. Wow. 2002. That series is nearly oh. 20 years old. Um, I'm reading about that in Wizard Magazine. There you go. Um, but here's an interest, another interesting connection to that. Um, the uh, Black Canary, who was in um, Birds of Prey in 2002, was played by Rachel Scarston, who will be the main villain on the upcoming Batwoman series as nice. uh, Elizabeth Beth Kane, a.k.a. Red Alice, a.k.a. Red Alice. Uh, oh, there's nice. a lot, a lot of, a lot of Akas there. Um, uh-huh. uh, also, Linda Carter is rumored to be in talks to reappear as, as one, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. Um, I of course, she flies the invisible jet. Dear God, please let her fly the invisible jet. <laughs> um, uh, Michael Rosenberg, however, will not be there as Luthor. Um, he turned it down. Uh, he says the WB called his agents of the Friday afternoon when he was in Florida visiting his grandfather in a nursing home. Their offer, no script, no idea what I'm doing, no idea what I'm shooting, he explained. Basically, no money, and the real kick in the ass, we have to know now. So he said, my simple, my simple answer was pass. I think you, he, this yeah. was, and this was a statement that he put out when everyone was like, why aren't you going to be on it? And, I, uh, I told understand where he is coming from. T- yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
And uh, so anyway, so that's uh, all I've got news wise. Oh, that's a lot of news, though. Well, there we go. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a crisis, I got to say. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally, totally. Um, now, is that three or five episodes long? Oh, I don't know. You know At no, least I, think it, I thought it was five. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it like one in each show? Because we got so many it's guest Arrow, characters. Yeah, it's, it's Arrow, Legends, Flash, Supergirl, and uh, Black Lightning, isn't it? Right, because they are involved. That's yeah. right. I've forgotten about yeah. that part. Yeah. I think it's five. It's just one of each. So. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And so now just going to, we're going to hit the mailbag. So we're oh, going to do. We've the, got letters. Lots of letters. <laughs> the old Smallville mail sack, as they say. I know, right? The uh, Legion roll call. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's see here. Um Okay, so uh, a couple of uh, things from the website. Um, uh, David Spotforth uh, uh, lands in on uh, episode 571, uh, which was the issue previous to this one covering issue 15. Um, He says, hi, guys. Got caught up in stuff last week, so I didn't get around to dropping comments, but I figure Al Sedano will have it covered. And he did. Um, (laughs) Uh, he said, "Good to have a name check to Battersea this issue. This that was one of the, the one of the uh, names that we pointed out." And uh, he said, "Fun fact about he says it's about a mile away from where I live. Fun fact about Battersea: the iconic Battersea power station was um, the filming location for the conclusion of Superman three when Superman uh, drops uh, Richard Pryor off at a power station to get him a job." Um, and, and of course that being the greatest of all, um, Superman move movies. Nah, I couldn't even say it. Uh, but, but yeah, so the Battersea power plant, you might've also seen, I believe if I remember correctly, it was on a, um, a Pink Floyd album cover as well. If I remember correctly. And it's, it, it has happened on occasion. Yeah, uh, the uh, the album uh, Pink Floyd's uh, album Animals also features the Battersea Power Station. Um, he says, I got to thinking about your comments about Dan Raspler and the editorial trouble with the Legion at this point. It makes a lot of sense if there was editorial pressure to change direction and boost sales. Look at the stuff that's coming up after this fill-in. A Superman crossover, sort of, in Time and Time Again. The Quiet Darkness with Darkseid and <clears throat> Lobo because remember yeah yeah well remember that lobo was like the you know the new spider-man or the new uh you know who who would have whenever they used to have the person who had you know and superman did it as well where he was the person who had to guest star in every every uh in the second or third you know as as though to validate it right um and we go back to like here so we can sell it yeah and or spider-man showing up in dazzler and uh yeah hey 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 hey, hey, now Parker likes to dance. Yeah, yes, we saw game. that. Uh, um, <laughs> they they should have dropped him off at the Battersea Power Station. Know, is what they should have right? done. <laughs> More likely at you know one of the dance studios in New York City. Here, it's a kickball change. Learn that first. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you gotta worry about when there's a kickball. All right. Um, he says, uh, so yeah, he says, uh, you know, Darkseid and <clears throat> Lobo. And he says, and the ultimate potential, bold new direction with the SW6. 
Yeah. So yeah, probably not wrong. Um, aren't they? Are they or aren't they? Are they or aren't they? <laughs> I'm wondering if the ultimate fate of Doomsday Clock Saturn Girl will be to go down in comics history with the same importance of Karate Kid in this series that must not ever be named. Um, <laughs> uh, he says, anyway, give my best to Darren and hope he gets well soon. I am getting well. Yay. It was actually amazing. Um, I've had this heart problem of an irregular heartbeat for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. And the minute I woke up from the surgery, I didn't feel it anymore. It was pretty impressive. That's wild. Science is amazing. So, yay. Very cool. Very, very, totally, totally. Uh, Next up, Phil Gregory. Um says, hey guys, I'm a longtime Legion fan who for some reason only just found out this podcast existed about two weeks ago and have since done a very deep dive into your coverage of the Five Year Later era. Anyway, I actually met and hung out with Michael some years ago in Las Vegas and still occasionally interact with him on social media over various uh, comics-related matters, which makes it all the more surprising that this show never showed up on my radar until recently. But now that it has, I'm pushing it on everyone I know who's even marginally interested in the Legion. Yes! A Legion pusher. We like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anyway, I'm fascinated by your respective takes on the Five Year Later issues. I'm personally very conflicted by them because while there are individual moments in the run that I think are outstanding, and he points out issue 514 and the Sunboy spotlight in issue 28 uh, immediately come to mind. He says, I think that this uh, run was crippled from the start by the editorial malfeasance of the, uh, of the Superman office, and that whatever creative vision was in place when the series started, it was never really able to live up to it. The, this particular uh, storyline with the Kund invasion was actually one of the low points for me. This was the beginning of a run of issues that, that seriously underwhelmed me and didn't really start to get exciting for me again until the Terra Mosaic storyline got started about six or seven months down the line. Anyway, I love what you guys are doing, and I'm really looking forward to comparing notes with y'all once you start covering the Tarot Mosaic issues. Long live the Legion. And yes, thank you, sir, for uh, uh, putting the, uh, the word out to other, other, other folks, because, uh, well, we need that. <laughs> that's yeah, that's do. that's the kind of stuff keeps this show alive. If you didn't, if you hadn't heard about us until two weeks ago, and it's been ten, oh, you know, over ten years. Um, in fact, we're coming up on 11. Um, we gotta fire our marketing department. Yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible. Um, terrible, terrible. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, so yes, thank you for that. And, uh, and, and I point out at this moment, this is always a good moment to, uh, to say, if you guys have a chance, leave us uh, a, a review on, on iTunes. We are also on Spotify now as of last week. And, um, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and um, so we're all yeah. So it's like Stitcher, Spotify, and of course the uh, the the iTunes podcast there. The sorry, the Apple Podcast Store. Um, and so so do check do check us out there. Leave it leave a review if you can, um, and and see if you can win a contest of how many stars you put down for it. And more <laughs> is better. More stars is better. <laughs> more, more stars is better. Exactly. Um, all right. And uh, let me just check. Check a bit deeper in the uh, in the. Oh, no, no, no. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. 
All right, it's hard to uh, choose which buttons to uh, to to press and. Um, Yeah, that's so. That's uh, those are the main ones that are sort of general feedback, and uh, and I've uh, had a couple of uh, of potential guests reach out to us as well. So we'll oh, talk sweet. talk about that as stuff comes uh, along. Um, all right, let's see here. So uh, we should get into this issue. Um, who wants to take it on? Anybody? I I'll would, but I feel awful. Okay. I'll do it then. You'll do it, Travis. Okay. All right. Travis is going to take us through it. I will. Uh, I have Michael's notes, and so I will. Um, Interrupt me. I'll check in every now and then <laughs> with stuff. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what will happen. Um, first, I want to talk about this cover for a moment. Um, as we mentioned last week, it's a, a it's a triptych with uh, for issues fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. So they all form one big picture. This is the one in the middle that has the big phallic blaster blast right in the middle there. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's why uh, that's why you've got uh, Furball running away from it. Because um, <laughs> damn. All right. Uh, that, that's all I that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the cover's by Giffen and Gordon. Uh, we've got Laurel Gann and Furball on there, and lots of bad guys. And mm -hmm. things that Paul said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's go to page one, and I just want to point out right away that face on the right. I don't know if that's supposed to be someone. They seem to be... Seems to be a featured face there. It, it it's you always wonder when they have these ones that are incredibly yeah, like, specific looking. Yeah. That terrorized citizen number four. Yeah, yeah maybe, sounds good. Maybe right, maybe Tiny first, Tim. <laughs> in our first panel, we have uh, Furball and Kent Shakespeare, and uh, captions read: Once again, the Legion and the militia have fought valiantly, and once again, despite that, the infernal Red Terror has brutalized and enslaved an entire planet. And we see a pink mist in the background and people screaming, no, no, no. And ah, <laughs> ah. we cut to what uh, it's probably like called a war room. <clears throat> you gentlemen uh, can't fight in here. This is the war room. Exactly. <laughs> so we have uh, King John in here, Brainiac 5, assorted other characters. Uh, King John says... Zala has fallen. The Kundish march into the heart of the United Planets continues. So fearsome is their weaponry, even Laurel Gand is among the injured of this last battle. Yeah, now Zala, um, uh, it was a world that sent the Legion the gift of a time mirror, which showed people how they'll look in the future. So basically it was the face app. Um, uh, the, the, the 30th century version. Uh, but um, that, And that happened in Adventure 311. And that thing mined data and sent it to the Dominators. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's how they took over EarthGov. Damn, this run was prescient. Uh, yeah. You don't, you don't learn this in other podcasts. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, King John says, but there is progress to report. Brainiac 5? And Brainy says, thank you, King John. As you all know, my top priority has been to find a way to neutralize the Red Terror. And I may have taken the first step in that direction, figuring out where it comes from. 
Uh, we should note that Brainy has a bandage over half of his face covering his eye. All right. He's in rough shape. Yeah. He says, the weapon we know as the Red Terror is actually the notorious warping mist used in the Great Wars of the 28th century. As people are like, what? Impossible. Yeah, so the wars, Great Wars of the 28th century likely refers to World War VI, which was a war of super weapons directed by supercomputers. And of course, uh, in that, we saw Private Mike Assad get killed in the invasion of Metropolis in 2783 and return 200 late years later as soldier in Superboy 210. Ah, there you go. You there. Uh, anyway, a Brainy is standing in front of some screen showing, I guess, the breakdown of the Red Mist. And he says, quite possible, I assure you, the chemical composition and effect is precisely the same. Every irrational fear unlocked in the entire populace of a planet. Many die. Most are driven hopelessly insane. Yes, this monstrous weapon was thought lost forever, but the Coons have it. As for their seemingly unstoppable art artillery and hand weapons, they've acquired both gamma energy and antimatter fusion weaponry. Also vintage 28th century. Yeah, and he, and he's, uh, Michael adds here, among the weapons used in World War VI were a gamma grenade. That, that's what killed uh, Soldier. Um, and so that's kind of, again, the connection to, um, to that story. These are the gamma weapons. Gotcha. I, I thought we were tying into the Hulk. Right? <laughs> hey, Brainy is green. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Brainy continues, and he says, I can't tell you how they've recovered this lost technology, but this knowledge at least gives us a fighting chance. And uh, this blue lady, who I don't think we've been introduced yet, uh, says, what about the reports of some great religious event on Kundia? The corporeal appearance of their great demon mother herself. Could that somehow be tied into this lost technology? And Brainy says, I tend to be skeptical of all reports of messiahs and anti-messiahs, but that's as plausible a theory as I can come up with. Yeah, Michael noted here that, um, notice that there's no discussion of the ambush on Zolnar. Um, he says, indicating, as we'll see shortly, that this issue picks up on the same day as the ambush, which was January 15th, 2995. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so uh, King John comes in. Thank you, Brainiac. Ladies and gentlemen, a crucial decision faces us right now. Our forces are reeling, and if we hope to turn the tide, we must anticipate the Coons' next target and meet them there with everything we've got. That target is almost certainly either Talak 8 or Zolnar. He says, we learned that the Coons' massive star hives require huge amounts of pluridium, and Talak 8 and Zolnar are the only pluridium-rich worlds in this sector. Brainy says, hmm, the red, the red terror effect can't be activated without a substantial atmosphere, a requirement that Zolnar does not meet. And uh, then we see Mr. Reap Daggle come in and he says, that will support my sources. They're plugged into the highest levels of the Kundish hierarchy, and they say Talak 8 is the target. Well, then, it looks like we are finally one step ahead of the Coons. Not so fast there, Chucky. <laughs> yeah. So, let's uh, switch over to Kundia. Or Kundia. I still don't know how to pronounce this. Yeah, Kundia, Kundia. <laughs> eh, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you... You stick the D when you land there. Because yeah, exactly. Not, exactly. You know, it's a diction thing. Mm. So uh, we're on this planet. We've got some captions coming in. 
Sir, it is glorious. With the hell-spawned weaponry the Demon Mother has granted us, we are simply unstoppable. It's truly an injustice that you're not there with us, sharing the glory. The front line is no longer the place for me, Commander Gault. I do not share the thirst for glory and power that drives your General Curitan? Curitan, yeah. Curitan, yeah. And, uh, Ah. yeah, eh, close enough for government work. You know, I was listening (laughs) to a podcast the other day, and they said Namor instead of Namor. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Stan Lee said Namor. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you gotta go by that. If you're gonna do a comic book, and this is a comic book podcast on YouTube that's got a lot of, you know, yeah, yeah. top five lists or whatever. It's like if you're gonna do that, you should do your research. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 one thing when uh, when the characters like like, yeah, like the ones we deal with like, don't get talked that, out a lot, but but um, <clears throat> you know about a major character. Yeah, right? Na- Namor just, got talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just a just a pet peeve. That's all. Yeah, gotcha. Um, um, actually, so while while the... we're while we're on that, um, nope. so Warlord Galmark, the the guy they referred to, um, uh, if I may so say so, Warlord Galmark, um, he first appeared in uh, Volume Two, Issue Number Two Hundred Eighty Five, when he killed his son for not taking over Nullport. The last time we saw him was in Issue Two Ninety Nine on Kundia. So there you go. All right. Um, so uh, as this guy was saying, if I may so, if I may say so, Warlord Galmark, the fleet would only profit from your leadership. And uh, Galmark says, "Ah, but Kiratan has talents of his own." And um, what is this other guy's name? Uh, Kiratan. That is Kiratan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kiritan says, certainly he's amassed a most impressive record, but his priorities are, uh, not necessarily yours or mine. Now, that, that's not... Kiritan. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's, okay, uh... Okay, I didn't think it was. It's, um, just, it's just another Kundish just, in the Just ring. another Kundish guy? Yeah. Uh, so Galmark says, that is true. And the Kundish guy says, did you know he still refuses to execute Orando's queen? He's adhering to the code of Zaryan... Zaryan... Ah. Zaryan's day? Yeah, that yeah, sounds right. Yeah. So. Zaryan the Conqueror, who yeah. was kind of like the Old guy school. who killed Lightning Lad. Yeah. Yeah. Way. Instead of Prody joining the Legion. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's, he continues, waiting for her sanity return to offer her the option of ritual suicide. Galmark says, same old Kiratan, a flawed warrior. Still, he's gaining great popularity here. When he returns, his influence could rival mine. Or perhaps I should say, if he returns, mm. and they're both kind of smiling there. Yep. <sighs> Treachery. <laughs> so we cut over to Zolnar, home of the UP Militia Academy. Hell, sir, who needed all those troops anyway? Let them run off to Talok. They were just getting in the way. And we see Bouncing Boy and Solo Sister. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Una. <laughs> Uh, Kent Shakespeare and uh, <laughs> you did not just quote uh, the series that shall not be named, did you? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yes, I did. This might be Travis's last appearance on the cast. Look, Smiles already brought it up. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> and uh, Kent Shakespeare's in there, and Power Boy's in there, and I'm not sure who that is behind him. I think that's Misa. It might be. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is, actually. Okay. And Kent says, I know you're worried, Chuck, but if anything happens, yeah, Misa and I are here to back you up in the cadets all the way. Power Boy says, besides, sir, there's just no indication the Coons have any interest in Zolnar. And Chuck says, no indication. Berta's patrol is overdue. Our communications are starting to jam. And Lorno says, we're in their sights. I can feel it. And we saw last issue. Of course, yeah. they are there. Yeah. Ken says, well, with any luck, Berta and our communications will return as soon as the storm clears up. Powerboy says, if I know Berta, she's just making her patrol put in some overtime. Believe me, Zonar couldn't be some more secure. And there's Misa. And uh, she says, why else would they have sent me here? They want to keep me as far away from the action as possible. Powerboy says, oh, come on, Misa. That's exactly uh, the kind of self-pitying attitude that's making you just about worthless to this team. Damn. Don't you think it's about time you started shaped up and started acting like a legionnaire? They rescued you from Mordru three months ago. Actually, six weeks ago. They rescued her from Mordru in November. This is January 15th, and they rescued her on November 30th, 2994. So, Powerboy lies. <laughs> And, uh, I, gotta, I gotta say, I'm not sure I've subscribed to this one issue. It goes one day theory. Oh no, that was that was in that first run. That's that's long gone. Okay. Yeah, that's that that they've they've moved on from that. But that was a uh, that was certainly a thing for that first arc. And uh, Misa does not look like she's happy with Jed's words, and uh, she takes off running with her hands over her face. And uh, I guess that's I guess that's Kent. He says, "Nice move, Jed." Misa, come on, Misa, wait. And he runs after her. Luornu says, "What was that supposed to be?" Our boy says, "Well, you know, sometimes these kids just need a good swift kick." Uh-huh. He calls her a kid, really. Yep. Uh, and that Lourne. is a grave mistake. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Luornu says, "Or maybe somebody kicked you in the head. That was the clumsiest." And he says, "But, but, but that's how you taught us to treat the cadets." She says, that woman is not a cadet, mister. She's a legionnaire, one who's already lost part of her soul on the battlefield. And take my word for it, the last thing she needs now is some drill sergeant treating her like a homesick, peach fuzz recruit. And Lornu would know. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we cut out to the rehab unit in the militia hospital. And uh, we have Violet there and Rock. And we see Violet's uh, robotic leg, and she is doing some physical conditioning. Now, a note on that leg. Uh, so Vi has a bionic leg uh, two days after it got shot off. Um, and Michael notes that apparently it takes the months to regrow limbs now, even though Lightning Lad had his arm regrown in minutes years before. Now, to well, be remember, fair... remember, we lost technology, so... Post-Magic War. Yes. Yeah. No, no, definitely true. But, uh, yeah, it's more of a... That's a, a note of uh, how things have changed since uh, totally, yeah. since the Magic Wars. Now, arguably, Lightning Lad was able to grow his back because, you know, shape-shifting powers. Shape-shifting. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just saying. And, and many years later with a... Day off. Yeah. Yeah. And many years later, in kind of an alternate timeline, when Polar Boy lost his arm, it took a while, too. That's right, with his yeah, ice arm. <laughs> yeah. Well, there? Nobody would begrudge you taking a couple months off to have that leg regrown. And she says, this one will do for now. So when do I get back into action? 
And he says, well, I could order you off the front lines. And, you know, she won't say it, but that's exactly what uh, Ayla would like me to do. Violet says, right. While the rest of you are out there maybe dying, I'm supposed to sit on my butt and worry? I'm good at what I do, Rock. I can make a difference out there if you let me. Rock says, Violet, the only reason I came here is to see how ready you are to go back. And it seems to me we've established that. Thank you. So now I have a little proposition for you. And we cut again to the neutral world of Gallon. And uh, we see some guys and we see a lady who's in the... Uh, I don't know. That's either a cross between I Dream of Genie and yeah. Princess Leia slave costume. Yeah. And, now, uh, uh, Gallon, um, the only connection there is there is it was once seen on the emergency board in Adventure 327. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a deep cut. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. Uh, so we got two guys talking and uh, say, beautiful and docile. No coon could ask for anything more. He could ask for a more reasonable price. Someone's coming through saying, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one, the two that are talking, one of them says, you, you are Orlac? And the one who's just uh, cut through says, that is my name. And you were looking for a good woman? He says, aren't we all? And uh, the first one says, well, I can offer you more than any of the others. I see that, both in terms of quantity and quality. Perhaps we can do business. And the first guy says, well, then let's go where we can discuss this matter privately, shall we? And they go walking off. And the one in green says, no monitoring devices. And the woman says, none. And he says, phew, good. Maintaining this disguise is giving me quite an effort. And he changes. And we see a Durlin. Yeah. And he says, since I'm feeling the effects of Roxas' attack, and we know it's Reap. Yep. Um... so the guy in red, who I'm thinking is a cooned, says, your injuries have not affected your taste, my friend. Reap says, huh? He says, this coonish woman is stunning. Where in the cosmos did you find her? And she presses her collar, and her face changes, and it's Laurel Gant. She says, Cam and I go way back. Laurel Gant? With a disorder. Laurel should be able to get you out of any trouble you might get into, but remember, no heroics. Your job is to infiltrate Kundia with your monitoring devices. She says, right. He says, we want to find out exactly what's going on at the highest level of the Kundish hierarchy. And that uh, guy in the red says, well, if the rumors are true, that would be the demon mother herself. So if you've never met a deity in the flesh, we could be in for a first. Yeah, now this guy is Orlac. And, that is Orlac. Yeah. Okay. And so we're going to learn that he's the spy that, uh, if you remember, he's the spy that Cam was talking to last issue. Hmm. So. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we cut scenes yet again to an orbit above Talok 8, and there are a lot of spaceships above it. And uh, someone inside the ship says, I think you can rest easy, Grev. The coons are in for a nasty surprise when they attack Talok. We've got the entire fleet on hand to greet them. Custom equipped with the 28th century nega shielding technology Brainy's been able to develop. It should stand up to their heaviest weaponry. And we cut inside the ship. We see Brainy. We see Ayla. We see what appears to be Monel and uh, Shady. Exactly. And Ayla says, and just for good measure, we've got Valor and Tasmia on our team as well. Yeah. And uh, we see Grev on the screen. He looks a little older. He says, none of which will stop the Red Terror if it's activated, Ayla. 
and we've seen what it did to Orlando in the other worlds. Randy says, Grev, as soon as I'm done up here, I'll rejoin your lab people down there. With a little luck, we just might have an answer for the Red Terror by the time the Coons attack. And Ayla says, besides, this time we're going to stop the Coons in space. And if they can't reach the atmosphere, they can't use the Red Terror. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, we cut back to Kundia. We have Orlac and Laurel in disguise walking along. Orlac says, there's definitely a different pace to old Kundia. A different rhythm compared to the last time I was here. He says, hmm. And he says, an urgency, a vigor to the citizenry, a renewed sense of purpose, almost. And uh, we got two guys in green, look like military gear, walking up to him. And one says, well, you look at that. A handsome winch peddler. My compliments. Orlex says, thank you, sirs. And the soldiers say, now, if you wouldn't mind, would you please come with us? Orlex says, but, but sirs, if you're interested in my merchandise, we can discuss terms right here. We're not interested in your merchandise, or lack of Colonia. We're interested in your treason. Now, and he le- now Colonia, yeah, Colonia is of course a city in um, in British Columbia, um, up up on our end of the uh, of the Pacific, and um, and uh, then uh, Michael speculates that maybe that's named after uh, Brad Horning, who's I think an, an interlacker. Um, yeah, so there we go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's shift scenes again. This time we're at the flag star hive of the Coon fleet. Welcome back, Commander Gault. Thank you, my lord. See some Coon soldiers there greeting one other guy, uh, Commander Gault. How is Kundia? How is my old friend Galmark? Galmark governs Kundia in splendor and dignity, my lord, and takes extreme pride in the great victories of the fleet under your command. And uh, let's see, that's Commander Galt on the left, isn't it? Indeed, and has he issued new orders? Why, yes, in fact, he instructs that I command the fleet in the Sultan Zolnar. He says, you? But have I been relieved of command? Not at all, my lord. You've been given the glorious duty of leading a decoy attack on Talok 8, ensuring our victory at Zolnar. Decoy? Congratulations, my lord. And, yeah, uh, basically a suicide mission. Yeah, and he looks all shocked, and the soldiers behind him are all shocked, and they said, but General, a decoy attack? You must refuse. It would be suicide. Is enough, fools. Akun does not question his battle assignment. Well, he should. And we cut back to Zolnar. Um, Someone's out in the snow looking. I'm not sure who that is right off the bat. Uh says, what am I doing out here? I'm going to die of hypothermia before I find anything. There aren't no, there ain't no coons out here. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no coon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He says, I almost wish there were. This is getting, oh, shiz. Those are gun emplacements. <laughs> Ready to fire. Bow to base. Bow. Who is that? All, um, uh, Michael, Michael's only note on that is someone named Bow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's an old student we should know <clears throat> that wouldn't be uh... oh man who was the guy with the big eyes no nah, that's not him um anyway um, someone we've seen before probably just a cadet yeah we didn't know the name yeah. maybe 
All right, so we see the soldier. We had blue skin too in some of his appearances. <laughs> uh, all right, so the soldiers come up and they say, "Open fire," and they do. Shook, shook. And uh, we got still no word from the patrols. Communication still jammed, sir. What's that? Holy spit! Pathoom! Close enough. Yeah. Huh? We're about to. We're actually for, for those of you playing the drinking game at home. Now would be a good time to pour yourself a very large drink. <laughs> <laughs> we made it 14 pages, but now we're gonna yeah. do a, we're gonna get going. Uh, so we got a lot of screaming here. We see a greenish character with blood coming out of his mouth. We have Luorno and Chuck, and uh, she's saying explosive decompression. Chuck says air mask, transuits. Uh, We've got Jed and some orange-skinned lady. And she says, we're under attack. We need some firepower. But that last hit cut us off from the armory entrance. Jed says, so we'll make our own through here. And he bashes through a door. And they all grab weapons. Lock and load. Battle stations. Battle stations. All righty. Oh, boy. Get ready to drink. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, we have a character. Uh, I'm not sure who this one is either. And he says, we are under attack. Repeating, we are under attack. Please come in. Boom. Yes. That's it. Communication center is finished. Yeah, everything's on fire. Uh, this is kind of like the um, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back Hoth battle. There's a lot of this that's yeah. reminiscent of that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so we cut to uh, Lorna saying, maybe we can make a stand in the infirmary. It's the best shielded section of the base. Boom. Chuck says, yeah, I got to try something. Uh, I think that's Lamprey behind her. Um, retreat to the infirmary. Look out. And we see Kent Shakespeare, and he says, too many wounded. No way to keep up. Shields or no shields, this infirmary's had it. Hang on. Come on. Hang on. And uh, the character's trying to help us. And Grife, no, no. Scree. Uh, next page, we've got Luorna and Chuck again. She says, forget it, Chuck. Huh? The base is finished. we got to defend what coons are really after, the mines. And Jed says, where the hell is that Misa? Misa, what the, have you flipped out? And uh, she's sitting on the ground, got her arms up. <coughs> and she's saying, concentrate, concentrate, a shield, an impenetrable shield. Jed says, this base is history. We're falling back. And Misa says, but I can do it. I've got to try. Jed says, no, we're going now. Boom. Spirits. And uh, something's coming through the wall. Yeah. Next page, we got a platoon. <laughs> yep. Boom. Are you drunk yet? Because there's another one coming. Yeah, there's a, there's there's yep. before this page is over. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> and please, everybody, no wagering. <laughs> oh man. So uh, we see a lot of people outside. We got soldiers. We got guns. We got explosions. We, uh, where the hell are we going to go now? The Pluridium Mines. We're making our last stand there. Someone gets blown up. Ah! It's like the we little home scream. Aye! Yeah. yeah. Aye! <laughs> we got a plan there. Uh, Lorno says, Goddess Gaia. Uh, we're not going to make it. Chuck we're says, the hell we aren't. It. We're not going to make it. Then we got a poom, thoom, kathoom. Yay! That, that, that means you down your drink, kids. <laughs> Three in a row. Come on. Come on. And uh, Chuck says, come on, this is it. Just got to find the override controls. There. 
Okay, move, people, move! They're all going through the door. <clears throat> Notice Chuck has not used his powers yet. Yeah. He has not. And also, he's looking a little slimmer than normal. He is, yeah. Well, I'm guessing supply rations have happened, and he can't get a hold of soda pop as easily. <laughs> Probably not. All right, uh, so we've got then uh, the blast doors coming down. Or at least they're keeping it just barely open. They're all shooting outside of it. Um... Okay, bring it down just a little further. That's it. Just enough so we can fire out. The Intertron gate will hold for a while. Yeah, but what about the exposed positions on the hillside? Oh, man. Oh, she's. We're sitting durhays. Keep firing. <laughs> Boom. Splam. God in heaven, I don't want to die. Damn it. Keep firing. At least take some of them with us. And we cut to inside, and Jed is talking to Misa again. He says, Misa, I'm sorry if I was a little rough with you back there. It's okay, Jed. No, really, I don't mind to be. Uh, I don't mean to be so rough. I guess it's just kind of clumsy sometimes. She says, "Well, then you're in luck. I've always had a soft spot for big clumsy guys." Aw. I don't think she says tight. A little, a little block tribute there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Power Boy's not gay yet. That's right. Uh, That's right. You're forgetting that was that was a retcon. He is. He's straight as far as we know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, we cut to the big group, and someone's saying, "Phew, man! Finally, we've got a fighting chance." And someone says, "Not really, Chuck." Okay, that was Chuck. Those walls aren't going to hold up for long. And uh, I think that's Lorne who says, "If the Fringe Rangers don't somehow come right. riding to the rescue, it'll only be a matter of time." Yeah. Now, Michael notes this is kind of the last stand on Zolnor uh, for Chuck, Lorne, Misa, Kent, and Jed. And yep. um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty tense situation for sure. And we cut back to Kundia. Uh, and um, we're back with Laurel. And. Uh, uh, Orlack. Orlack. Yeah. Orlack. Too, too Orlack. many Kundish names. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Orlack <laughs> says, I could distract them while you make a break for it. And she says, no, no, let's play it cool, Orlack. Let's see how high up they take us. And he says, you're still determined to meet the demon mother? And the soldiers say, save your conversation for the interro interrogation, traitors. You will withhold nothing from the demon mother. Orlex says, what in the name of? And he looks all shocked. And Laurel says, her. She looks all shocked as well. Because what do they see? A big old statue yeah. of Glorith. Glorith of Baldur. And one of the soldiers says, all kneel. I said kneel. Mm -mm. And Andromeda. Oh. Uh, I was saying Andromeda. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Not yet. Warwick says, what? Kneel before Glorith? And he says, kneel before the demon mother incarnate. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. And we cut away again. We're um, on Earth. Sorry, and, and just uh, Michael notes, of course, that yes, uh, Glorith is the demon mother incarnate of the Coons. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right, we're on Earth. Uh, got a caption talking. May this site forever stand as a reminder to all those who would challenge the sovereignty of the people of Earth. For it was here on January 17th, 2994, that it struck. An entire city of Kunish agitators suddenly materializing in the heart of the African jungle. Unfortunately, EarthGov Intelligence was ready for Fortunately, EarthGov Intelligence was ready for it. The battle city was destroyed before more than a handful of its stormtroopers could escape. 
The rest paid the ultimate price for their brazen attack. The escapees included Troy Stewart, former legionnaire Tyrock. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. That's right. Of all uh, legionnaires to come back. Holla. <laughs> and they say, still at large after having abandoned his fellow terrorists as they perished in their city of death. May this sight forever stand as a reminder. And here comes Fire Lad. Yeah. And uh, he says, there you are, Tyrock. Boss man's been looking all over for you. Come on, Tyrock. And uh, so I'm taking it that that is supposed to be his city that was right. That yeah. Was so country. sorry that that's uh, let me uh, just uh, go to the notes for a second. Just propaganda we're hearing. Um, yeah, Ma- Marzal appeared but was destroyed by EarthGov on January seventeenth, uh, nineteen or twenty nine ninety four. So we are um, I, it, we're about coming up to the year and year anniversary one year anniversary of it. So yes, it was Marzal Marzal that showed up. And um, and they destroyed it, but Tyrock escaped, and so now we have. Um, well, well, we'll get to the we'll get to the rest of that. Of course, yes, that is Fire Lad Stack Madlin, and uh, and as we mentioned, Tyrock, um, who are part of clearly a part of the the resistance, and they've got more friends. Yes, they do. Yeah. All righty. Um, I think is this the first time we've seen Fire Lad in five years later? Yeah. Oh yeah, outside of maybe uh, maybe a um, sort of, it's the first time we've seen him quote unquote live. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, and I He's don't know that we. I yeah, I'm not sure that we saw him in an image before. But if he, he did, was on it, that list of people that Siobhan was associated yes, with. Yes, that's something. right. That's right. Like that, probably. Yeah. All right, uh, so FireLad continues, Hey, look, don't let that propaganda audio get to you. Nobody believes the lies they're telling about your city. And uh, Tyrock says, I want them to get to me, Zach, uh, Stack. And he says, well, you're going to get to Jock uh, if we keep him waiting any much longer. Oh, we know and that Tyrock name. Tyrock says, okay, then. And so uh, Invisible Kid number two is around. Yes, exactly. Yay. Yay. And he says, come on, he wants to see all the top resistance officers. Something's up. Something hot. And uh, so we cut to a monitor that says security station H9, two subjects approaching the hollow shield at grid oh. 32113. Check. Got them on the monitor. Sorry, one, be... one, one second, one second. Um, uh, so Fire Lad last appeared during the Magic Wars. Uh, so in uh, um, Baxter Run number 61. While oh, trying t- to burn people out of their... Um, domiciles or something. something like that and while tyrock last appeared in uh volume two number 265 when marzal left uh earth one in september 2983 in the rev- in the revised timeline uh not counting his uh alternate future appearance in uh volume two number 300 uh he said that Sp- tyrock spe- spent 11 years on marzal in the alternate dimension so there you go. All right. That just gives um, us a bit of context. All right. And uh, still talking about the two people in the monitor. Uh, I got two people talking. One of them says, should be Stack and Tyrock. And the other says, right. Sensornet says 97% probability. Here they come. It's them, all right. And uh, they're walking through, and Stack says, yeah, I hope something is about to happen. It's murder standing around waiting with the entire planet in turmoil. And uh, we see. Two characters. One looks like a probe. Uh, those blue, yeah. weird-looking guys. 
And the other, I'm not sure who that is. Um, I think we find out later. We'll find. Is, we'll uh, we'll no find idea. out. We'll find out by the end of the page. There we go. Uh, he's got a gun. He's saying, "Yeah, this baby's ready for action." And so Stack says, "Ever since the Daily Planet blew the lid off EarthGov, the whole world's just <laughs> been waiting to explode." There's another Daily Planet mic drop. Yeah. Yep. And Tyrox says, "All the more reason we should choose our actions carefully." And uh, Stack says, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Jock knows what he's doing. It's just that now we finally have proof that Dominators are ruining, running EarthGov. And man, I just don't want to, I just want to do something about it. And uh, we see I'm... somebody click something it's, and we see a It, it looks like a seed of some Yes. Sort. Yeah. And uh, it hits the ground and we see a poof. And then we see a crack. As something green grows up in a, it's like a dominator target thing, and it busts it into many pieces. Yeah, and so that would uh, uh, now I'm not sure. I think oh no, so so I don't know who that guy with the red hair is, um, because this is clearly the guy with the black hair who was who shows up in panel six, because um, you know we can see with the pants, but it's that is obviously one Ral Benham. Uh, for formerly known as Chlorophyll Kid, who was also last seen during the Magic Wars in uh, in issue sixty one. It looks like he lost all that weight. Yes, yes. Well, th- and and we'll get to this in uh, in Tom's notes, but you know, remember he was um... he he was trapped on uh, Bismol. Yes. Forced to run a treadmill to lose weight. But but sorry, there's just At this the idea the that, that 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 Giffen is kind of like, hey, everyone bugged me about making a joke of these guys. Now I've made them kind of badass. And um, so just a, a note there. This is exactly what they'd be doing. So. Yeah. But also, what throws you off is that Chlorophyll Kid does have blonde hair, so that's a miscoloring. Yeah, yeah. So because we see him. <laughs> Oh, there he is. Um, All righty. Let's go to the next page. And uh, and now he has blonde hair. Yes. See, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Chlorophyll Kid says, not bad, eh? And Firelad says, a little nastier than your old Chlorophyll Kid stunts, that's for sure. Tyrox says, jocks want to see me, Ralph. And uh, Ralph says, uh-huh, but he's uh, tied up right now. A very important call, code triple A. Tarok says, really? Now, who'd be using that code? Yeah, we're, gonna buff- <laughs> we're about to find out. And we have a, uh, a certain person who wears a monocle and is known to many Legion fans. And he says, and so, my friend, I believe it's time we join forces against our common foe. And I do hope our face-to-face meeting will allow us to cement just such a relationship. I do. And, of course, that is universal. universal. Yeah. Leader of one of the resistance factions, and and if you remember, he was mentioned as the ringleader of a band of anti-government terrorists back in issue one. He was on that list, right? Um, yep. And he was last seen headed to uh, Takran Galtos at the end of the University Pro- Universal Project in, uh, in in Baxter Run issue number thirty-five. And then we see uh, Infectious last, and uh, I guess brushing her hair. And Jock says, well, what do you think of that? And she says, I think Universal is up to something, Jock. I mean, we get enough reports from his underground to know Universal is still no saint. Jock says, that is for sure. And Infectious Last, you're, but you're still determined to meet with him? 
Doc says, do I have a choice, Drua? Earth Gov tactics get more savage by the day. We need all the allies we can get. It's the old, the, uh, the uh, friend the of my... My enemy is my yes, friend. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so we shift scenes one more time to the New Mexico district. And uh, we have one, someone saying, a joke is at Universal, a setup. Surely you have no use for this Jock Pocar. Is it Pocar? Pocar. Pocar, yes. The T is silent. It's That's true. I didn't... I did not think. <laughs> oh, oh. The T is silent. Um, <laughs> you can go back to doing the bad pastry chef accent. Whoa. Uh, uh, and it says, uh, or his band of subheroes, a jest certainly. And Universal says, no jest. This has ceased to be a game we're playing, Grim. Now Grim oh. is a is a typo. We'll. So who it yeah. was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Universal says, and I guess this counts as a forehead shot. Yeah. Take a drink. If you haven't had enough from the battle scene. Yes, exactly. Right? This, this is the hair of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Last call. Uh, Universal says, before the Daily Planet exposed the Dominators, EarthGov had to at least pretend to play by the rules. But now, no rules will matter to the Dominators. And uh, Grim Grin here <laughs> says, uh, ah, yes. And by the way, he's just a big mouth. And, uh, well, he's, he's a body a with a big mouth there. There's no yeah. head. He says, ah, yes, martial law, brutal interrogations, executions, the hallmarks of Dominion rule. Our jobs, they become much more stimulating in this climate. And Universal says, which is exactly why we need to work with uh, Fokar, not against him. I want you to see to the details personally, Grin. This meeting must go off without a hitch. You ask and it is done. And then we have someone come walking in and they say, most impressive, my friend. And Universal says, I'm glad you approve. The shadowy person says, combine your forces and Fokar's could be formidable. <coughs> well worth our involvement. Yes, the circle just might see a return on this investment here after all. So, and we see someone with a dark circle mask. Yeah, no, a couple of points here. Uh, Grin is, of course, new. This is the first time we're seeing him. Um, <clears throat> this also, this part, uh, this last part also shows us that Universal was working with the dark circle, and they were last seen being mopped up in uh, Volume 3, number four, so Baxter, number 14, after the fight with Devon and the Legion, which happened in uh, Tales 322 yeah. to 325. Now, one, one of the things pointed out here is, and, and Michael will get to this, because Michael's here too. Hey, Michael. Hello. Hey, I'm, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> um, I'm late to the party, lad, today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's going to uh, um, go over sort of some of the details of this, but note the shirt that this dude, this dark circle dude, is is wearing, mm-hmm. um, is is very much very similar to uh, to what we have seen. Our Daily Planet, or sorry, our uh, UP Press, or that's true, that's true. Our cub reporter uh, Devlin Orion uh, has been wearing. Um, so it's the uh, the green shirt, yellow star inside a red ring, and what's happening there? What's going on? What's yeah. up with this T-shirt? What does this all mean? Yeah. Who Don't worry, you'll never find out. Do? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> know, right? uh, credits. Ben Devlin was actually secretly a dark circle operative, and 
that was never paid off, but whatever. You never know. Yeah. Probably not, but still. fell in love with someone later. We won't get there just quite yet, but, you know. Well, just wait wait, wait to hear what uh, Tom Beerbohm has yeah, to say about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'll cover that in a little bit. Um. So, yeah, Tom and Mary uh, Beerbohm did the story in oh, dialogue. Yeah. Uh, we had so we had uh, pencils split with uh, Giffen Brandon and Peterson. yeah, so Giffen did story and pencils for uh, tw- pages twenty one and twenty four. Um, Brandon Peterson did one to twenty, and uh, Carlos Garzon. Now this would would have been early work for him. I'm not sure. He was a guy you saw a lot more of la- uh, later in, in the in the nineties. Um, and Al Gordon, of course, did the last four pages. John Workman was the letterer. Tom McCraw, the colorist, and Dan Raspler, the editor. All right, take us through the uh, Omnicom. Michael? Michael? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Travis was going to do that. Anyway, so we got a uh, page out of the uh, Handbook of the United Planets Military Academy. Uh, introduction. Welcome to the UP Military Academy, where you will undergo rigorous training to prepare you to serve as an officer in the militia of the United Planets. Much will be expected of you in the coming weeks and months. The training, instruction, and conditioning will be thorough and demanding. But when you've completed it, you'll be ready to accept the vital mission of the militia, to contain and reverse the advances in the UP space of the Kundish Army. This is a difficult, thankless, potentially deadly mission but the fact that you've been enrolled in the academy demonstrates your exceptional qualifications and your desire to serve the UP in an exemplary manner. Our freedoms and our very lives are at stake, and you've demonstrated your commitment to this most important of causes. The academy was founded in July 2990 by your instructor generals. Actually, it should be instructors general, but... That's uh, right. Yes. Chuck <laughs> and Luarno Durgo Tane, former legionnaires who had previously operated the instructional instructional academy of the legion of superheroes on earth with the creation of the militia academy the tain's mandate was to train officers and other elite soldiers to support the army then forming to halt the expansion of the kundish empire into up space the academy is funded by the up and supervised by king john of Pasnik, supreme commander of the militia your instructors have been carefully selected from among the finest officers of the militia and the most accomplished students of the old Legion Academy. A number of former members of the Legion have served as guest instructors. All cadets here will be required to complete an intense course of physical conditioning, advanced training in combat techniques and weaponry, courses in military tactics, instruction and leadership techniques, and extensive studies of the sociology of the Kuns and of the UP races with whom you'll be dealing during your service. More specific curricula and elective courses are detailed in this handbook. You'll also find in this handbook a detailed code of behavior. You are advised to memorize it and adhere to it because it will be rigidly enforced throughout your service here and in the militia. You have volunteered to serve and represent the United Planets and will be expected to comport yourself accordingly. It's been our experience that trying times as these bring out levels of determination, bravery, and heroism in all of us that we that we may never have suspected we possessed. It's our goal to help you find these qualities in yourself. But the only good soldier is an aggressive, confident, vigorous soldier. Maintaining high morale throughout your service is a top priority and all doors, especially those of your instructor generals, 
are open if you need to talk over any personal problems or sources of dissatisfaction. Good luck here at the Academy. We look forward to turning you into a proud officer of the finest army in the galaxy, Chuck Tain and Lorno Durgo Tain, Instructor General. There we go. And so there you go. Sweet. Um, so according to the uh, uh, the timeline, if the Great Collapse was in October of 2989, uh, the UP Military Academy was formed uh, in July 2990, less than a year later. And per the source book, the Legion Academy closed on June 7th, and then a month later on July 6th, the UP Military Academy opened. There we go. All right. So what did Tom ha Tom Beerbaum have to say about this in It's Okay, I'm a Senator? So in uh, Tom says, in the back of this issue were four pages penciled by Keith, keeping tabs on the book's other storyline. Uh, on the first page, we get what I think is the first post-five-year gap look at Tyrock, as well as the subs, besides Breck Polar Boy, who was prominently humorously featured in our earlier issues, and Lydia Night Girl, who had been featured as the wife of Rock from the start of our run. Keith's clear goal was to catch the readers off guard by presenting Tyrock, perhaps the least popular legionnaire of the past, and the subs, whom he'd treated previously as comic relief, <laughs> as impressive, formidable combatants. It wasn't that hard for him to ramp up the subs' powers and make them incredibly a tough fighting team. I don't think Tyrock ever clicked during our run, though, there just wasn't a lot to work with in terms of visuals or power, and we never came up with the right ins inspiration. I believe this is where we also see both Jacques Bocart and Universo for the first time as heads of two major arms of Earth's underground resistance. It was the start of a plot line I really liked, showing hero and villain teaming up to liberate their world from alien domination. Over time, some of the villains softened and reformed, and some of the villains, Universal most notably, were only too eager to keep advancing their own designs at every opportunity. Heath ended this issue with one of the biggest curveballs that he threw at the readers during the course of the series, and one we never picked up on, which was that Universal was working with an agent of the Dark Circle who was very identifiably wearing the symbol we'd come to associate with Devil and Orion. I don't remember many questions raised about it, but we had planned to eventually establish that there was some sort of fraternity or society that Devlin was a part of, that also included whoever this Dark Circle agent was. Keith was trying to lead people to guess that Devlin might be working for the Dark Circle, but of course people weren't all that invested in Devlin to begin with, so there wasn't a great deal of interest whether he was or was not an evil agent. Uh, we also meet Universal's right-hand man, Grin, misspelled Grim in the first reference. The ever-resourceful Keith found another way to avoid drawing a face by giving this guy no head other than a floating smile. Uh, not surprisingly, <laughs> Keith initially referred to him as Cheshire, but that name was taken, and we had a devil of a time thinking of anything else that really fit, so he ended up with the less-than-scintillating name of Grin. I enjoyed the character. His speech pa patterns came very easily, kind of Yoda-like, but coming from the most arrogant, dismissive, mean-spirited person you could imagine. Also a little reckless and full of himself, as future issues would establish. Mm. Yeah. And so that's the highlights of uh, It's Okay, I'm a Senator for this issue. Excellent. Well, then. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. 
so we get uh, we get the the last part of this <clears throat> next week, or yes, next week, and um, and we'll, we'll see how this all comes to an end. But it's kind of nice to see uh, some of those uh, some of those subs um, getting some you know more or less respect. I mean, as far as yeah. the subs ever get, right? Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, so I, I think we're gonna we get to see a couple of things uh, moved forward over the next few issues, and uh, and a couple of cool covers too. But you know, it's interesting that bit about about Devlin, right? I, I mean, we saw him kind of eventually just fall off the wayside, but um, uh, you know, the plan was to have him be, you, you know, his you know for him to get powers and uh and and be a member of the legion as opposed to kind of that cub reporter guy who just kind of hung around yeah but the best laid plans as they say so we will get to that next week proportional strength and powers of bees (laughs) (laughs) and we we got projector back last issue right yeah yeah Yeah, who who have we not uh... seen at this point Yep, that was her first appearance since the yeah. uh, Magic Wars. So who who's missing? Oh well, no, wait. After this issue, sorry, sorry, Shadow Lass. No, Shady's there. Yeah, Shady was. Yeah, no, no, he's. No, it, no I said Projectra. Oh, Projectra. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. So have we wrapped up all the missing Legionnaires? We we all know where everybody is now. Um, yeah, we have. Well, we haven't seen Quizlet or oh, Chalice. <laughs> And I and I doubt we ever will. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually will. Oh, will we? Oh. Okay. We will. I that then. I can't wait. What fun. <laughs> uh, uh, we have we'll see one of them. I should say. Oh, okay. The other one. Yeah. yeah we haven't seen. Um... <laughs> oh, we've seen high crayons, but we haven't seen anyone definitively yeah. identified as Telus. Exactly. Yeah, right? um, we haven't seen wildfire yet. Yeah. No wildfire. No wildfire. And. Technically, Dawn Star, because you know we know. Well, we know that now. It's yeah, there's still stuff to be revealed there. But, yeah, um, but that's everybody, right? I mean, for the most part. Uh, let's see. We have not. Uh, have we? We haven't seen Starboy yet, have we? Not yet. I don't think we see him until the uh, the, the baseball issue. I, I thought we saw a a caption of him, a player talking to him about a moops ball game. Oh, right. Yeah, yes, right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Coach. That's yeah, fair. He's a coach, right? And did we oh, okay. see Dreamy? Uh, yeah, she was in that same issue where they talked about her being the high seer of Nashville. Yeah, she's, she's right. the high okay, seer. okay. So yeah, we've we've been given uh, places for most of the uh, okay. of, of the characters. Um, that that was like the big puzzle piece for me. Is like, okay, where are all these characters? Yeah, yeah, now? for sure. You know, so I think this these last two issues kind of settled all that. Orando's back and. Chuck and Lou have taken the Legion Academy to this other world to work for the UP. And it actually got them moving the, into the stuff, Academy right? The Academy was going to be closed by EarthGov in a heartbeat. Of course, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are uh, there are a number of people who joined during the five-year gap that we don't know about yet. Yeah, um, right. Which we will, some of which we will find out who they were and when they joined, and others you got to rely on the source book. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> OBKB. Sounds good, guys. OBKB. Wow. Thanks, Mushmouth. Um, <laughs> I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Okay. 
anything. I was like, oh, look, here's here's a rapist telling kids to behave and be moral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is there anything uh, that happened this week in Legion history? Uh, hey, I just happened to have something hey. on that. Wow. Uh, let's see. So, you. Huh? <laughs> uh, let's see. So, 55 years ago, 1964, uh, Superboy number 117. Um, Superboy accidentally goes back to what is likely Earth 3 and meets the uh, an evil Legion. And the title of the story is uh, The Five Legion Traitors. So, everybody take a drink. Yay! Woo-hoo! Didn't expect one of those during uh, this big Right? Season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 50 years ago, 1969, one of the backup stories in Action Comics number 382, a guy named Kozvar tries to sell Android security guards to the UP, but it turns out it's all a money-making scheme based off a kidnapped Superboy and Monel. Uh, 25 years ago, um, early in the, uh, um, the reboot Legion, the Legion returns from their first mission with the body of Kid Quantum for his funeral which turns out to be an assassination attempt that XS foils. Mm. Uh, 20 years ago, 1999, uh, was Legion Volume 4, number 121, uh, the Legion versus the Fatal Five in the end of the Tom McCraw run. And next issue, uh, 122, starts Legion of the Damned with Abnett and Landing and Koipel. So it's kind of the end of uh, the end of the first team our first creative team on the Legion since the McCraw was in it since uh, Zero Hour for five years. Right, yeah. Five years is a pretty good run writing the Legion. Absolutely. Or writing any book, for that matter. It it, it, it absolutely is, without a doubt. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, that's, it's a run, that's a run more lo- uh, much longer than, than most people uh, get on a... For sure. Yep. And that's all I got. All right. Well, there we go. So we can actually look at us uh, uh, being able to wrap within a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I know. Right? Insane. Insane. Uh, um, this this won't happen often. No. So it's a- no. Yeah, don't get used to it. All right, then. Uh, comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. In addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we will see you next week so we can find out how this all checks out. Cut through. Take a drink.